0: and welcome to Philanthropy Matters on WERALP Arlington, 96.7 FM. I am your host, Wanda Pierce, and I am here with Jackie Stephen, our audio engineer. Thank you, Jackie. And our guest for today, Mr. Joseph Leitman Santa Cruz, who is the acting director of Capital Area Asset Builders. Welcome.
1: Wanda, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you.
0: I am so glad to have you on the show. Before we get started with the interview, I would like to uh, take a minute and tell you what the show is all about. It's called Philanthropy Matters because that's what I believe. I've spent the bulk of my professional career over 27 years working in the philanthropic sector, and I've had the privilege of leading several nonprofit organizations as well as sitting on boards of nonprofit organizations. So what is philanthropy what does it mean? Well, Webster defines philanthropy as its goodwill to fellow members of the human race, especially active efforts to promote human welfare. It can be an act or a gift done or made for humanitarian purposes. Philanthropy literally means love of mankind. And it could be people donating millions, kids collecting canned goods, volunteering your time, donating your skills, But I believe the most important aspect of philanthropy is that it's a two-way street. Folks who give are also receiving. Those who receive also are givers. Over the course of this program, we've been talking about all sorts of types of philanthropy in different sectors of our community, social services, safety net providers, the environment, criminal justice, workforce development, social justice, racial justice, youth development, affordable housing, youth, homelessness, services for older adults. And I am so excited that today we're going to be talking about financial literacy and how to help people develop the knowledge of financial skills and help them to be able to save and to be able to, um, to live the American dream even though they are in uh, born sometimes into disadvantaged situations. And so philanthropy is individuals, families, organizations, companies all working together. So let's talk about our guest's background. We have a very impressive guest today, and... Joseph, I'm going to ask you to give us a little bit about your background, and I will chime in if there's anything that you left off the, this wonderful biography. <laughs> and, uh, well, the floor is
1: yours. Thank you, Wanda. Again, it's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you. Um, I've been um, tracking your, uh, uh, your ongoing contributions to philanthropy, community development, economic development, and social justice uh, throughout this region so thank you for all the great work that you've done and it's also a, a true pleasure to be a member jointly with you in the Arlington County um, census um, Count um, committee so it's extremely important that we all work to ensure that every single Arlingtonian actually every single person who resides in the US is fully counted in the 2020 census. Uh, from my side Wanda um, Accidentally, I stumble into the nonprofit world. Um, I currently am the acting executive director of the Washington, D.C. based nonprofit Capital Area Asset Builders, better known as CAB. I have been there for the last five and a half years. Prior to joining CAB, Wanda, I spent 15 years in the investment management, wealth management, and financial planning. Uh, industries, uh, working for entities in McLean, Virginia, and most of my professional life has been spent in San Francisco, California. Um, So I truly believe that all of us, regardless of the level of income or wealth, have dreams and aspirations. What matters is translating them into goals and objectives. Of course, those with economic means have a better opportunity to achieve those um uh, objectives and goals right however i do very strongly believe that given the right opportunities the right tools and the right knowledge every single person residing in the us is capable of achieving prosperity and financial well-being is actually a god-given uh opportunity that we all uh, should aspire not only to achieve for ourselves but every person in society so that is the key reason why I am devoting myself to work in the nonprofit world to ensure that those without a voice are given the opportunity to achieve their dreams and their aspirations. But also, to be quite honest, the reason why I'm allowed to work in the nonprofit and not back in the private sector Mm -hmm. is because my wife gave permission and blessing (laughs) to uh, feel very good about uh, what I'm doing. But she's also very proud of the work that uh, gets done through uh, great collaborations that have been uh, implemented over the last five and a half years. Uh, My wife and I are proud uh, parents of uh, two children. Uh, We are proud Arlingtonians. Um, One of our uh, kids is of uh, school age and uh, she's a proud uh, attendee at uh, Arlington Traditional School. Uh, the lives that Chloe and Ari, our two kids, live are the real reasons why my wife Lourdes and I devote a lot of personal time outside of our jobs to ensure that we contribute to uh, community. So it's, uh, it's been a great journey. Um, I shared with you before the uh, show started that I was born and grew up outside of the U.S. I, I was born and grew up in Guatemala in Central America. I relocated to the U.S. when I was 16 years of age. Um, went to high school in DC, then college in San Francisco, California, and then started my professional life. Um, so it's been quite a great journey.
0: It, it has been a very impressive journey too. Uh, you are called upon to be a guest speaker in so many different uh, programs and media outlets uh, because of your of your um, background in personal financial planning, tax planning, um, understanding of tax credits for low and moderate income uh, families. And other um, topics. And uh, I just, I am so pleased that you came on my little show because Joseph has been on, he has been interviewed by the New York Times, PBS American Graduate Day, NPR News, All Things Considered, The Kojo Namdi Show, Comcast Newsmakers, uh, The Right Side with Armstrong Williams, Sirius XM Urban View, News Channel 8, Hispanic Agenda, and on and on and on. So we are. I'm just thrilled that you're you're you've come on the show because you have so much to offer. And you know, with our show, we really try to make sure folks understand the basic issues that uh, nonprofits are addressing or that people are addressing or supporting. And this is a different topic uh, from a lot of what we we've discussed um, over the past several shows. So I really want to uh, I guess. Bring it down to a very basic level to talk about what the uh, Capital Area Asset Builders uh, does, because the name sounds very, very uh, <laughs> financial and commercial, and and but it's a nonprofit. It's a Sometimes nonprofit people business. think
1: it's a construction company. It's, oh really? <laughs>
0: As, yeah, builders. It's got builders, builders. But I think the most important word in Capital Area Asset Builders is assets, and that is something that so many marginalized communities just don't have. And when you don't have assets and when you're not familiar with asset building and you don't have parents that have you know, taught you that, you're already at a disadvantage. And then with uh, all the other barriers that so many marginal um, populations uh, are, are facing, it, you're already off to a bad start. And so your organization really comes and, and, and teaches and addresses some really terrific issues. So, with that said, uh, let's go into the mission of Capital Area Asset Builders.
1: Sure, Wanda. So, the work that we do at CAV is really guided by the principles of providing prosperity opportunities for all. Um, We strongly believe that the zip Code where a person was born here in the Washington metro region should not be the definitive parameter that determines how well that person will succeed or not. To give you a quick snapshot, Wanda, and and looking at um, Washington, D.C., where we do most of our work, uh, then we also do uh, uh, some work throughout um, the greater D.C. area, uh, throughout Maryland and Virginia, to give you a, a comparison point, between a uh, zip code in arlington and a zip code in washington dc if we take a look at historic anacostia in southeast dc where about sixty seven percent of the families are headed by a, an african-american low-income single mother a child and by the way i, I would strongly recommend everybody to look this up um, for the first time in October of last year, we now have access to a database that determines, based on the last 50 years of tax returns throughout the U.S., what is the likelihood of economic well-being of a person who is born in that zip code so wow. there was a regression done of the last fifty years worth of tax returns and then looking forward how much does a child born into that zip code has been able to generate an income so the wow. significant contrast one that is and this is where I, I, I live in two worlds right both uh, being bicultural biracial um, coming from two very different socioeconomic backgrounds on the two sides of the families, um, my last name was probably the longest last name you've pronounced in <laughs> yes. last last name. So lightman being a, a Jewish uh, um, Viennese family, Santa Cruz, uh, being a Christian family from Guatemala. Um, The perspective of those two areas, uh, Arlington's 2207 zip code Mm -hmm. versus Historic Anacostia in Washington, D.C., Mm -hmm. a child born into a low-income family in Historic Anacostia, that child very likely will make only up to $23,000 in annual income when that child reaches adulthood. That same child, born also into a low-income family in Arlington's 2207 zip code, that child in Arlington's 2207 zip code is likely to make ninety-two thousand dollars in annual income. So this is this is comparing a low-income child uh, from the same race in two very different zip codes, and that is completely unacceptable, right? Right. Uh, There we have very significant uh, racist uh, components Mm -hmm. and structural barriers that have prevented historically predominantly communities of color from achieving or even being given an opportunity to achieve prosperity Um, it is what it is but most importantly we need to see uh... the work that we do through the racial wealth gap lens and ensure that going forward we're able to more intentionally make investments in those communities where now we have the data as to what happens if no intentional direct investment is being made one that i had the um, the honor of and the pleasure two nights ago uh... to listen to an amazing uh... speech by the reverend doctor barber the second and the energy that went through my soul was unbelievable because It doesn't matter if you uh, share the same faith um, uh, with the Reverend. Uh, The words that he spoke really uh, had me understand that the work that my nonprofit, Cav, does directly uh, relates to social and economic justice. And again, it's really given a prosperity opportunity to somebody who aspires to live a better life.
0: Absolutely. That's terrific. And I know that social and economic justice is, is in the news a lot now, uh, but your organization has been around for quite a while uh, addressing it. And before we um, move further, I want to say the, the, the uh, website, because we're going to say it a few times. Since it's radio, we can't, we can't uh, rewind. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, www.caab.org. Again, www.caab.org.
0: Thank you. And when you go on the website, you'll see that Joseph is the acting executive director there, too. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the, um, the, the programs, the core programs uh, that Capital Area Asset Builders, otherwise known as CAB, um, implements to achieve its mission?
1: Sure, the uh, the primary ones would be through what we call match savings, and I'll get into more details in a moment. Secondly, through the uh, availability of financial wellness classes and one-on-one financial coaching sessions. And lastly, we have a um, a list, a portfolio of different educational and savings campaigns. Um, So let me start quickly with the last one, Wanda, um, through the educational savings campaigns. One of the key areas that we preach on and that we raise awareness on is the existence of the Earned Income Tax Credit. The EITC for the last 40-plus years has been considered the most effective anti-poverty public policy that this nation has. On any uh, given year, Wanda, the EITC lifts more than 8 million families out of poverty and keeps them out of poverty. So these are um, families with children uh, throughout the United States A single, um, I'm sorry, a family of four uh, throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. that has income up to about $24,000, $25,000. If they file a tax form with Mm -hmm. the IRS, then they could qualify for up to $6,400 dollars. This is a fully tax refundable credit, meaning that if that family does not owe any taxes to the IRS, mm-hmm. they're still eligible to receive 100%. So right there, that we're talking about real wealth creation. Absolutely. And it's estimated that only four out of five EITC-eligible families actually claim this credit.
0: Oh, my goodness. So that's 20%. That's 20% not throughout oh the goodness.
1: U.S. is not taking advantage of money that belongs to, to them, them that Uncle Sam was temporarily holding on during the past year. So, raising awareness oh, of the Earned Income Tax Credit throughout the Washington metro region is of key significance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we offer financial wellness classes, so, we teach about budgeting, saving, uh, the necessity of having a bank or a credit union account. Um, We also provide confidential one-on-one financial coaching Mm -hmm. sessions where we do a deep dive into any money-related problem or any money-related aspiration that our clients have. And then lastly, we have uh, several types of what we call match savings programs. One, that this is a great way to incentivize a low to moderate income individual or family to first set up a bank account mm-hmm. and that right there is a significant milestone uh, any kind of a family or individual that does not have access to a bank or a credit union account throughout the washington metro region on an annual basis is wasting eight hundred dollars so imagine yeah. that one day if we're able to just intentionally get one family to set up a bank account and rely on mainstream banking services we are right away enabling <laughs> that family to have access to eight hundred dollars of their money which Otherwise, it would be wasted through alternative financial services. Then oh, we wow. went, we go on to incentivize families to save. The United States used to be a very thrifty nation, and thrifty was seen as a very positive matter mm-hmm. Um Uh, several decades ago, we have stopped being thrifty. We have stopped investing in our long-term well-being. And most of the time, it's because a lot of families, too many families, are just living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, But we demonstrate to folks how it's possible to lower expenses and to increase savings. And then the key component is we provide a match. Um, We are able to offer anywhere between a one-to-one matching ratio to as much as eight dollars for every dollar saved. Uh, all of this is dependent on the different programs that we manage for uh, government agencies, or when we go into partnerships with other nonprofits or receive philanthropic support from foundations. So, we're always looking for opportunities to co invest between ourselves and a low or moderate income family that aspires to live a better life and really focus on asset building, which you were referring to a few minutes ago. And in this case, asset building, we see it as the ability to buy a first time home. Launch a small business, go to college, be able to achieve something economically that enables that family to live a better life.
0: That is fantastic. And so, when you're talking about matching, that's that's quite an incentive for a low-income family to, to to start to save because it's very difficult to think to change a culture to to, to save first. But when you have that incentive, and, and it's about what three, three to. Almost up to seven times is what, what they put in?
1: Uh, so it, it depends on, on different programs. But for example, um, we have um, the genesis of CAB was back in the mid 1990s when there was a uh, demonstration uh, throughout the U.S. We were one of 12 nonprofits created in 1996 to. Uh, test the hypothesis, can a low-income American family save? And the answer was not only absolutely yes, Wanda, but It was amazing to see the data that a low-income family, given the right opportunities and given the right incentives, does not only save, but actually they save at a higher rate than those with economic means. Um, So that is why we continue to see different ways to enable somebody to start the process of saving and utilize that saving for a long-term investment.
0: That's terrific. So how do people get connected? With with CAB, if they if they if they or if they know someone else or another family or another individual that they want to, I guess refer. How how does that happen?
1: So uh, our website is uh, a great entryway into us. Um, Our direct phone line is two zero two four one nine one four four zero. We can uh, be found on Twitter as well at C A A B. Underscore Greater DC, and primarily through great partnerships like this Opportunity One, this how we get uh, the community to know of us, and we get individual donors to know about us as well.
0: That's great. I know even in here in Arlington, even though we have the two 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 oh seven zip code, we have other zip codes that are that are are are, are um, populated by um, people that are marginalized that have uh, socio economic ba- uh, uh, barriers. Um, many immigrants who are looking to, um, to th- this, these type of services as well. So um, anyone in the metropolitan area. Right,
1: That's absolutely come, right. Absolutely. And, and, and we continue to see, one, that yeah. poverty within the beltway continues to increase. So that amazing economic development, that amazing prosperity that a lot of corporations and a lot of new jobs are bringing to the region is not being shared to everybody's uh, benefit, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely behooves us to continue to remember that there are a lot of marginalized segments of our community that do not have access to very basic services like a bank account. Um, I was sharing with you about uh, several corporations that are looking to go fully cashless, um, Any kind of an individual who is unbanked, who does not have a bank account, or is credit invisible, uh, does not have a credit card, would be prevented from having access to any kind of an establishment that no longer wants to receive cash. I don't think it's the intention of that corporation to... Keep any customers away. But in essence, one that I would consider that as economic segregation because somebody without access to mainstream banking systems would not be permitted to purchase whatever they need at that establishment.
0: Wow. Well, I I went on your website. And I see that there's there's lots of great success stories. You have stories about single mothers planning to buy their first homes and being able to get their uh, financial uh, house in order and be able to understand um, basic some of the savings and being able to, you know, to have assistance in terms of buying their first home. Aspiring entrepreneurs working to launch a business and individuals hoping to rebuild their credit. So you have services and right. programs for all of that. That is terrific. And then I saw uh, a section on on impact where uh, it said, since 1996, CAB has helped more than 2,200 individuals and families achieve their financial dreams. That's pretty impressive. And 44% have purchased their first homes, 33% have pursued post-secondary education, and 23% have launched small businesses.
1: It, it, it is um, it's great impact, and the way I always like to um, uh, humanize it the the best is through those individual success stories. One that, um, for example, one of the um, individuals I had the pleasure of working with about four uh, years ago or so was a single mom, African American, amazing uh, young lady from Southeast uh, Washington D.C. Um, she grew up in public housing was able to um, achieve uh, her high school degree and went on to community college. She learned about our match savings program, was able to save $500, received $4,000 as a match. With those $4,500, she then was eligible to participate in a new home buying program that the District of Columbia government had. Um, And at the same time, she was a public housing resident and they had a new homebuyer uh, program within uh... the housing authority at that point long story short she was able to purchase a home um, with only a down payment of forty five hundred dollars which she and we uh, co-invested now she's wow. a proud homeowner um, her two young boys are growing up knowing that they too are homeowners and the only complaint that she has is that now all the family comes over to her house because she's the only homeowner in the family. But again, wow. it is that empowerment to have yes. her two young boys growing up knowing that they are homeowners and that they already have a an asset that will be passed on to them uh, through their fiduciary management of that asset.
0: Absolutely. What a legacy. So you not only impacted her, but you impacted her her future generations, her legacy. So that's terrific. I, gives, me the, gives me the chills. So, uh, Joseph, in the in the few minutes that we have left, I do want to talk about. You know how you support your operations, uh, how you you know how people can engage with you philanthropically or volunteers or whatever way that they can help. But but how do you sustain your operations?
1: We primarily um, do what any uh, nonprofit does, right? We uh, uh, we we plead and, and beg for money. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, through uh, <laughs> through partnerships with different um, local and state uh, governments. Mm-hmm. Um, We also um, uh, seek the um, support and investments from different uh, philanthropic uh, entities in the community, foundations, donor advice funds, private family foundations, and uh, not until very recently uh, through individual donors. So now we are starting the process of being more intentional to seek the assistance from individual donors. So anybody out there who's interested in supporting a regional nonprofit providing economic and social justice through asset building, please do give us a shot. I'll be more than glad to sit down with you, go out for coffee, and share with you about the impact we have in the community. So again, my name is Joseph Lightman Santa Cruz, uh, Acting Executive Director, caab.org is the website, and our telephone number, 202-419-1440.
0: Great, well thank you. I have one last question. If you had one wish for capital area asset builders, what would it be
1: to be able to expand our impact uh to truly be a capital area uh, entity Uh, so I am in the process to working very closely with the board of directors to ensure that our services are spread throughout uh, the Washington metro region and this is not because we are the only ones capable of doing this but the type of work that we do Wanda does have significant direct economic impacts not only for the families that we serve but throughout society as well.
0: Great. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joseph.
1: It's this was awesome. Thank show. you.
0: And thank you, Jackie. And so we are about to close out the show, but I do want to provide you with our social media links. You can email us at uh, yourphilanthropymatters@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can visit our Facebook page at Your Philanthropy Matters. This is your host, Wanda Pierce, signing off until next week. And always remember, Your Philanthropy Matters.